0: much uh Thomas and uh you know this morning I feel just I, I need to say thank you so much for the worship team the and, and and because they brought us into a place that I need us to get back into again and Very often, and this has happened to me on occasions throughout the ministry, but it has happened very definitely this morning, and it's an uncomfortable place to be because Thomas at the back will tell you that I've sent him all my notes, and I don't know how close I'm going to stick to them because the reality of it is when God breaks in, one of the ways that we need to do, and this is what we're talking about today, is honor him and what he wants to do. I always remember when Lewis, who led him, he opened, carried off Elam when when we just first built it. He came over and he opened it. He was um, the leader of Elam at the time. And, and and, And he said this to me. He says, George, when God is wanting to do something, the best way that you can honor him is to listen to him. And he said, it happened to me. And when, ultimately when he retired, led a church in KT of 20,000 people. And that came about, he said, by listening to God. And the reality of it was, he says, that I, I got prepared. I had prayed and I knew what the program of events were going to be, that we were going to lead out in worship, and we were going to do this. And he says, as I was coming out the door, into the auditorium, he says, it just struck me. I says, God, is there anything you would like to do this morning? And and God, as clear as anything, said to me, as a matter of fact, when, yes, there is, And suddenly there were things that were downloaded to him that one young girl was on her way to commit suicide. Her father had committed suicide. Her grandfather had committed suicide. And they had done it in Blackfriars Bridge. And she was on her way and one of the congregation that were on their way to KT seen her and knew the distress that she was in and said to her, "Look, come with me. And when, by listening to God, spoke directly into that girl's life and she gave her life to Christ. And that not only saved the girl, but saved the generation that was coming afterwards. That that would be broken in her life. As, as we were worshipping, something special happened here this morning. Did you sense it? And, and God shared with me as I was worshipping and as we were being led in that, and it was this here, what is it that attracts me to you, George? And he said this, hunger. Hunger. The hungrier you are, the more I will manifest myself in your presence. My thoughts went to Isaiah fifty five, Ho oh, every one that thirsteth, come ye to the water. He that hath no money come buy and eat and without money and without price. Well how do ye come and buy if you've no money? And there's no cost on it. There is a cost on it. And it's your hunger. And from that, God then shared with me and I want the worship team to come up in a moment or two. Because I think it's more important that you meet God than you hear me. And please, this isn't the lazy man's way out of it because I have fully prepared and given my notes to Thomas. So, I, there are a few chancers that have done this because they hadn't. Not in this church, of course. Not Thomas, but others. But when Jesus fed the 5,000 and this thought only came to me as we were worshipping. When Jesus fed the 5,000 was there any leftovers? How much? Twelve baskets. We don't know what size the baskets were, but I reckon that they were probably pretty big. Twelve baskets. There was hunger enough in that group of probably ten to 15,000 people, because that was only 5,000 men, Wherever there was men, there usually is some women. And wherever there are women, there are usually children. So there was hunger enough to attract this presence. But not hunger enough to finish everything that was set before them. I have come out of meetings knowing that there's more. And walking away. And I think, you know, even from the pre-prayer meeting that we had, God is wanting desperately to break into our lives. You see, if there were 12 baskets on that occasion that were left over, that meant that God had more than what people had appetite for. But he's also this here, God never wastes anything. They didn't send it to the recycle. He was careful to say, now gather everything else up that has not been taken by this group of people. Same thing happened with the the feeding of the 4,000. And the thought that came to me this morning was this here, that there is an abundance of stuff that Christ has already in store that has not been taken, and that God says, it hasn't went to the recycle, it hasn't been obliterated, it's still here. If you're hungry enough. If you're hungry enough. I was reading Tozer and, and I put a little phrase up on it and this may be one of the only things that you see up on the board and it said this, this is what A.W. Tozer said to many Christians, now listen, this isn't to many people this is to many Christians Christ is little more than an idea or at best an ideal he is not a fact, millions of professed believers Talk as if he were real and act as if he were not. Hear that. Millions of professed believers talk as if he were real and act as if he were not. Our actual position is always to be discovered by the way that we act, not just by the way we talk. We can prove our faith by our commitment to it, and in no other way. Any belief that does not command the one who holds it is not a real belief. It is only a pseudo-belief. We fix things so that we can get on well enough without divine help, while at the same time ostensibly seeking it. We boast in the Lord, but carefully watch that we never get caught totally depending on Him. You see, I think the greatest way that we can honor God is depend on Him. There are loads of things and actions that we do that are good, but they're not God. They're not sin, but they're not God. There are loads of things that we depend upon that is not wrong. But it is when we depend on them more than God. When the first place that we visit is not God. And I think that there is, you see, essentially, and I, I wrote down some notes as I was, as I was there this morning, I was here this morning, Virtually everyone knows the phrase, actions speak louder than words. The basic idea behind this phrase is that actions speak louder than words as a determinant of behaviour and character. People can say anything, but when what they say is contrary to what they do, it is easier to judge what they believe by what is done rather than what is said. Our lives should be louder than words. The key is to live out loud. Live out loud, you <laughs> I I had the joy and the hunger as to be able to visit places where God was visiting. And the hunger was palpable. I remember going to one place where they didn't put up the notice, and this is not just praise God for better quiet for mothers that are not distracted great. But in one place, four and five year olds were speaking in tongues. Do you know I got a I got a I I got a phone call yesterday. From a young chap, young black um, Zimbabwean, who arrived at my church 12 years ago and he had sneaked into the country. I didn't know what to do with him. And I remember, and I spoke to a number of people, and most of them said, it's better for him, because he, he came in through the Republic of Ireland, that it's better that if he goes back out that way and goes home and then applies. But we pray for Fungi. Fungi loved the Lord. And I can tell you, today. I got a phone call from him yesterday. Fungi has his own accountancy practice now in England. He does my books. And he phoned me up yesterday and he said, and he still calls me Pastor. He says, Pastor. He says, I'm on my way to school because they're going to teach Alana, which is, old, is one of his children, who says, Saxon education. And he says, I opted out of it. But from what? My, my, this is a P one. And he went and he confronted the teacher and he said, "I was told that I could opt out of this here." And and she said, "Well, this is just basic. It's scientific. So we are telling four and five year olds their body parts, their private body parts." And then next year we'll go on to talking about family. And Fungi says, Do you think it would be better to talk about family first than a child? Knowing about how different they are, girls from boys and stuff like that. And you know, I was so pleased that with everything that one guy had come through and was confronted but He was determined that he was going to hold on to God and that his family were going to hold on to God. I just feel this, yeah. man. See, people can say anything, but when they say, what they say is contrary to what they do it is easier to judge what they believe by what is done rather than what is said. Our lives should be louder than words. Folks, the time has come. We are living now in a society that wants to take everything that has professing believers that is dear to you. We're not talking about 20 years or 30 years, and it's happening now. And it's happening to the most precious things that we have in the world. You see, the life of the gospel was made to be extraordinary. Extraordinary living surpasses the norm. It breaks away from the status quo. It is a life that is exceptional, remarkable, amazing, unimaginable, well-abundant. Isn't this what the world discovered about the early Christian believers? This is the revelation of the book of Acts. Acts 4.12 records it like this. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which they must be saved. When they saw the courage, and i me say this here, it's going to take courage. Do you know the hope of the world is you? It is. And we need to start living out loud because we profess in many bits. and manufacturers. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled and ordinary men, they were astonished and took note. That they had been with Jesus, but since they could see the man he was standing with them, there was nothing that they could say. We need to see we are supernatural people that have been taken out of the natural, and if we can't, you see, living out loud. To the community out there, there's got to be where people will say, come and see what Jesus is doing. Come and see how people with the national health had given up on because they've lost confidence in it and preached blood for parts of it. But the first quarter call. It's got to be. God. I love you. Because there was, was a there was a vision that was passed around probably about twenty years ago where someone was caught up to heaven and they were led into a room where there were arms and legs, body parts that were all unclean. Diseased livers. Diseased bowels, diseased bodies, cancers, everything that was available. Someone once said, if Jesus turned up today, would we still crucify? And the answer was, absolutely not. We'd just ignore You see, even the devil, even Satan took me seriously because he won't get rid of him. We dishonor him by professing something by living something. When we get to the stage where he is everything. And Hannah shared something this morning in that where, where we are so easily distracted. You know, it's one of those, and I've read through many of them, Thomas, who you know God wants to be again, but you've been programmed for them. Well, you know that God wants to heal, wants to bring peace, wants to bring deliverance, wants to give you a purpose for living. But I find it easier if I was preaching and I was leading the service but I could set that to the side. But when you've invited someone, it's not always true But you know what? That worship invited God into our midst. And wherever He establishes His throne, His rule and reign, the psalmist says this, are displayed. In other words, whenever God comes, He takes charge. You see, there are needs right across this congregation. God desperately wants to meet more than you probably have a hundred for. So you come in, you'll enjoy the service, you usually enjoy the preach, definitely enjoy the fellowship, If you walk out, you still got the same issues, but you rely on someone else to deal with. And God is left standing in the background. Saying, I thought I had of that. I thought I had taken care of that. So, what we say and what we do, unfortunately, different unless we start living our life. Living our life is, you know, hey, it changed my life. Hey, he healed my body. And I've experienced that. And that's why I understand It's so much easier to be able to say this when you have experienced what God has made available to you than when you are frustrated by the National Health Service, the doctors, the prayers that seem to have went unanswered. All of this makes it so much harder. I want to invite you this morning, I want to invite you to... To come up the word and am just it and and Chris, just let's worship God and let me say something to you. I want to say this to you as we stand at officially opening next week this place. would not it be fantastic? if there were testimonies that came with the tea and coffee and fellowship. Do you believe that? Okay. That's not. That's not. Do you know, what I, what I want you to do this morning because let me say this here there ain't nobody in this room who does need. not just talking about sickness not just talking about uh, just (sighs) if you don't have a problem you come up to the front because we need to pray for you to get a problem because that's the only way you'll get a miracle in your life God only delivers miracles where there are problems. If you say, "God, no thanks, I'm all right." Maybe you just say, "Whoa!" We used to say this here when I was in the group, and we went round, and people would invite you back and give you cakes, and, give, and you know, you just had, "Whoa! I've just had enough. Thank you." God wants to expand our appetite when you're not well. You lose your appetite. When you're spiritually not in the place that God wants you to be in. A little is enough. I don't want you to for a little. I want you to want to, I don't want to coerce you. But I would love. If you're hungry this morning for something that Just like what Hannah said. We take our eyes off the things. And like Thomas, I said, we take our eyes off the things that so easily distract us. And focus on him. Do you know what? He's Come in. Maybe, maybe the need that you think is the biggest Need in your life isn't the greatest need as far as God's concerned. There are other things that if you get those answers, everything else will follow. So if you're hungry this morning, I want you to come up and just stand in the front and just worship Him. But just don't put your life up to Him. God. You're playing, once you come up here, you're playing to an audience of one. Not to anybody else, but only to Him. I'm only the first one that comes, because I've got needs in my life. And I need Him to come to him. So as we worship Him, Just leave your seat, come to the front, and just worship Him, give Him first place, and bring your needs, bring everything that you have and just leave it at His feet. Jesus' name. Thank you.